Welcome to Shop Talk, the official Drama Shop podcast. I'm Nicole Lossie, and this week we have a special edition of Shop Talk Live featuring our latest director emeritus lecture with Father Sean Clerkin. This week's topic, Pandemic, Asserting Community Creativity Through Challenge, originally recorded and broadcast via Facebook Live. Where we are with COVID-19 has a lot of us thinking about the role of theater and the arts in challenging times. And here, Sean discusses the impact of the pandemic on performing arts relationship to the spiritual life of community and its perceptions of reality and absurdity. We are so lucky to have Father Sean as our Director Emeritus here at Drama Shop. Not only have so many of us had the opportunity to study under his expertise, uh, but also to perform with him and see him as an audience member. Uh, He holds a Master of Divinity from Bexley Hall Seminary, a Master of Fine Arts in Theater Directing from Virginia Commonwealth University, and a Bachelor of Arts in Theater and Communication Arts from Gannon University. Now, before we jump in, just a few quick programming notes. We are currently in production for Afar But Not Apart, a drama shop online cabaret benefiting the 2019-2020 Supporting Players Drive, and that'll be coming up on June 5th, 6th, and 7th, featuring many of your drama shop favorites to be hosted in their homes by Zach and Jessica Flock with accompaniment and music direction by Kate Theme. Uh, Tickets are available now at dramashop.org. And we can't forget, the season of Shop Talk is sponsored by Gannon University Schuster Theater. Now enjoy this week's episode. Uh, word to the wise, set your default browser to Google Chrome if you plan on going live from Zoom. Lesson learned. Uh, I'm Zach Flock, Artistic Director of Drama Shop, and I'm very excited to be joined today by our Director Emeritus, Father Sean Clerkin. How are you, Sean? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? You look. You, there's a little sweat on your I, yeah, I'm, I'm doing better now that we're actually live. <laughs> that was uh, much more difficult than it has been in the past, and... Uh, you know, we're rolling with it and hopefully this next is, time this it'll is, be even easier. So. Absolutely. This is technology. And I have to say the extra 15 minutes gave me time to kind of collect a few more thoughts. So I'm well, good that with was, that. That was my real goal was to make sure that you had <laughs> adequate time to prepare. So, uh, yeah. So we're really excited to have you join us uh, in this uh, slightly different format than we would usually have for our lectures. Typically, we're in the theater at Drama Shop and uh, we get... Um, you know, a decent crowd, a handful of sm- of of folks, a smattering of guests, I would say. A smattering, yes, yes. So, the 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 hungry for the hungry for learning. Group. Exactly. Yes. So I can tell you, we already have at least six people watching, and and since we're wow. going, you know, we're around the world right now, so we might pick up some more folks as we go, and of course, right. folks will be able to rewatch as well. So um, I'm going to turn things over to to Sean here in just a second, but first. Um, to those of you watching at home, if you do have any questions for Sean, feel free to ask them in the comments. I'll jump back in toward the end of the conversation, or if there's a point in the conversation where it makes sense to ask those questions, um, I'll jump in and share those with Sean. So that said, Father Sean, I'm going to turn things over to you. Thanks, Zach. So, and also, I mean, I do not see the questions or comments. So if you want to say something um, uh, 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 complimentary, that would be great. If you want to say something um, pro proactively uh, corrective. Uh, I won't know who said what. Zach won't tell me, and he'll always edit later. So <laughs> so thanks. So p- please feel free to share. Um, uh, about a month ago, when we were first talking about what this lecture might be, and first of all, I'm not going to speak for the whole half hour um, in this environment or in this this particular medium. That that time can be, you know, you'll, you'll be gone after seven minutes or so. So I'm just going to kind of address what I, what I think I want to say. Um, a lot of what I 
what I feel uh, inspired to say comes from uh, the work of the Americans for the Arts.org. Um, Patrick, uh, uh, oh gosh, his last name's not going to come to me, but our director of our local uh, Erie Arts and Culture um, had uh, shared some information. Patrick Fisher. And I'm not that's the one, Patrick Fisher. So Patrick, thank you for your for your directions for us. Um, and he had shared some information with us and, and I found it to be very interesting. I also uh, wanna thank Anna McJunkin. Uh, uh, Zach and I and Anna shot some emails back and forth about a month ago and said, well, what, what do you think people would like to hear discussed? Or what, what do you think people might wanna even jump in and, and want to discuss uh, in terms of the comments back and forth? Um, and we talked about pandemic and we talked about the arts and the spiritual life of the community. And then we said, well, what about the pandemic's impact of the arts and the spiritual life of the community? And then Anna said, well, and what about Augusto Boal, the great Brazilian theater director who also then uh, introduces or brought into ideas um, the impact of theater on communities, especially kind of guerrilla theater or embedded theater in unusual spaces. Um, and all of that kind of, you know, I said, well, yeah, let's talk about everything. Um, uh, and then, uh, and then the more we are sitting in this COVID environment, and the more I feel um, drawn to help support uh, all of our our local theaters, as, as, especially um, the drama shop with with which with whom I am working now, and uh, and also the Erie Playhouse, who has given me um, three decades of extraordinary ex experiences, um, and, uh, and 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 making sure that we address all of those issues as well. Uh, and so, so I, I kind of was just thinking, what is it that I, I really think is imperative to say. And I want to go back to this um, Americans for the Arts uh, data. Uh, a while back, uh, about a month or so ago, they started compiling information and data from arts organizations uh, all over the country. Uh, and if you go to americansforthearts.org, you can get this information yourself. And, uh, and I looked up what was happening in Erie County and 19 different organizations from Erie County have responded to their request for data. Um, we are seeing so far um, $324,000 uh, in terms of negative financial impact to the arts organizations, those 19 arts organizations. They're averaging a loss of $16,000 per organization. Now we know that some, um, that, that require more uh, and have larger staffs like the Erie Playhouse uh, or the Erie Philharmonic um, are certainly seeing a, a more and more pointed impact and uh, even Drama Shop itself is seeing an impact in some ways as well. Um, they, they do, uh, of those 19 organizations, um, three quarters of them see that this COVID impact will have a, a, uh, a very severe uh, impact. Um, one fourth of them are seeing an extremely severe impact on, on what's being done. Um, I think it's uh, interesting that 71% have canceled events. I would say that um, some have shifted, like the drama shop moving a couple of things online, but that's not always possible for brick and mortar um, based experiences. Um, we've seen over 44,000 lost attendances, uh, attendance uh, at, at, the organ, at all of the arts uh, performances. 44,000 people this spring have not been able to get to see shows or go to concerts that they had hope to go to. Um, they uh, recognize that there have been 17 layoffs, 29 furloughs, and four vacant positions that will have not been uh, filled because of a hiring freeze based on what's happening here. So we're talking about a major negative impact on, on the applications of arts. Um, as a theater artist, I know that that's a, a particularly painful thing. Uh, the theater artists uh, in, in our area especially have mostly been performing 
uh, for free. We, we are amateurs with professional um, pr pr preparation and professional approaches, but most of us do not make a living doing theater. Now, there are some who um, are blessed to work in some of the dinner theaters or some of the um, resorts in the area who sometimes we make enough money to essentially pay for the gas that it takes to get to and from rehearsals and performances, but also just kind of support ourselves as much as we can in that way, but we are not normally folks who, who do make money. However, we do work with organizations. The Playhouse is one that comes to mind a lot. Um, I, I think in many ways, um, the, the, the health of the Playhouse is also the health of our theater community in Erie County. Um, as long as they're doing well, we're all doing well. They are extraordinarily supportive um, with um, offering set pieces, costume pieces, sometimes for rental, sometimes at a very low rate, uh, sometimes uh, just for gratis or for in exchange for good works that we do back and forth. The Playhouse has been an extraordinary um, part of our theater life uh, and continues to be. And so in many ways, we, we think about the work that they do and how important it is that they have opportunities. Um, it's interesting also to see um, who's who's changing the way that they do things. Um, almost 100% of the organizations, 19 organizations, have done things to try to mitigate or, or, or manage how COVID is impacting their organizations. 68% um, have canceled or postponed uh, performances. 53% have postponed meetings or workshops. 53% uh, are also uh, pro uh, stopping or ending or postponing or canceling uh, fundraising events. And those are really important in terms of what's going on in our community. Uh, many of the organizations are trying to do other things. They're trying to um, uh, is, is promote social distancing, washing of hands and all of those things. They're trying to make sure that artistic content is still coming out to the community. And they use the phrase from this survey to raise the community spirits and morale during social distancing and quarantine. And 75% are also trying to do their best to uh, make their cultural product available in some kind of digital fashion. I know the Playhouse's Playtime program, which is uh, a reading, uh, early reading intervention and impact uh, has been extraordinarily uh, uh, powerful and, and, and valuable to our community over the several years that it's been a part of the Playhouse. Uh, they're continuing to do programming. Uh, it's interesting to see Trish and Maeve and Karen Naska reading their, Maeve Kirby, Trisha Yates, Karen Naska reading their uh, books and, and sharing their, their wonderful energies um, through the Playhouse uh, on Facebook Live and other other venues and other platforms. Um, the play, uh, the drama shop's performances of Silent Sky, which have been surprisingly very well attended um, and uh, very supportive, have also had those impacts. So we do see things happening, um, which are trying to have a positive impact. I think it's also interesting to think about um, the the nature of live performance versus these kind of digital platforms and our attempts to try to stay connected and try to stay engaged. Um, I've been teaching online for seven weeks now, eight weeks um, uh, through Gannon University, um, and I will say that it's it's a it's a challenge because the students can do exactly what you're doing, opening up the browser and then walk away. <laughs> If you if you even leave the browser open, um, they're doing things like responding to prompts and responding to readings, and they're doing their best to try to find their way to learn. Um, but at the same time, it's challenging because there's this other level of mediation. Elena Manchester, my colleague at Gannon, our director of performing and visual arts at Gannon, um, she and I were having a, a back and forth. We shared some uh, articles back and forth that ranged everywhere from let's not do anything because we want people to know just how important it is, live performance, live arts, um, all the way to let's do everything we can to stay engaged so that people always understand the importance and the value and the, the presence of arts in their lives. 
Um, it's very challenging though. I, I do an introduction to fine arts class, which I've been migrating to be online. And part of that um, in my conversation with our, um, our uh, remote and digital um, distance learning uh, uh, staff at Gannon, uh, they want everything to be online. And they said, well, yeah, you could visit um, museums now. You can go all the way through a museum. And I said, yeah, but it, it's not the same to look at a painting or uh, to hear an orchestral work or to watch a play through a lens on a screen that is always the same size. There's, you don't get the same understanding of, uh, of impact. You don't get the same understanding of scope or, or size or mass or, or even just the, the individuality of strokes get modified on a screen, of course, in terms of painting or, or, or sculpture is almost impossible. I'm looking at some wonderfully huge you know, three-story sculptures, but they're all still, you know, nine inches tall, as far as I know, based on my screen and my relationship to them. So we do recognize that this is a challenging, a really challenging time for the arts, a challenging time for all of us. The arts have always offered uh, what I teach in my classes based on uh, Vin, uh, Dennis Spore's work. There are four basic functions that art does for us. It's entertainment. It takes us out of the world in which we find ourselves. And in terms of spiritual response to this COVID epidemic, every time I've watched a movie or every time I've listened to a concert and the, the Sondheim concert last weekend was just, it, it was beautiful. Even, even though the, the audio was a little bit messy and uh, the sign-on was a little bit messy, that happens as we saw today. Um, we also recognize though, that it was still something, there was something there, but it was entertaining for, for the time that we were engaged in that process or watching that film or engaging that, that concert or that live streaming um, uh, performance. We stopped thinking, I stopped thinking about coronaviruses and COVID-19 and stopped worrying about the last time I washed my hands or the last time I took my temperature. It was, it was entertaining. And that doesn't just mean like entertaining, meaning laugh out loud, although we, we certainly need a lot of laughs right now. We also find that it's entertaining, meaning I, I, I can be challenged and I can be sparked and I can be made angry also by content or by story or by presentation. We also know that the arts are offering commentary constantly on our lives. It's a great way to know how we're doing. Uh, playwrights, uh, authors, uh, writers, um, performers are oftentimes holding the mirror up to us, making us look at ourselves in, in different ways. Sometimes it's a funhouse mirror, you know, in terms of musical theater. Uh, most people I know, I do, but most people I know don't walk down the street and break into song when they have a lot of emotion. Uh, like I said, I do. Um, but that's a funhouse mirror of looking at the way that we respond to challenge and things. But that commentary is important so that we have a way of of reflecting on our society, reflecting on our strengths, looking at those areas where we can improve. And there are always places where we can improve. We find arts to be therapeutic, the ability for it to transform our lives, to, to take a good day and make it better, to take a challenging day and make it good, um, to make to make things more, more real and uh, to help us understand the empathy and sympathy that we have for one another, the ability to not only understand what we are challenged by, but also even experience it and, and even adopt the emotions that another person might be having. And also the arts are artifacts. They tell us about what's going on at any moment in time, in any culture, in any society, in any part or subset of society. We know about, uh, we'll know about these times because of the art that gets generated as a result of it. Um, but there's also the challenge of, well, what happens when we don't have live theater telling live theater stories as artifacts of what's happening here in the spring of 2020. 
Um, what happens when we don't have music being written that kind of expresses the emotion of what we're what we're going through? I see literature being written. I subscribe to the New Yorker, and some of the um, short stories and poems that are coming out right now are very very powerful, and I, I imagine they'll continue to to be so. Um, the challenge, I think, also is for our young people. Right now, you know, I'm sorry if I'm rambling, but I'm thinking also about turning over our students. Issa Foltz, one of my graduates this spring, is uh, has, a, has a background in theater design and technologies, and we're sending her into an industry right now that is literally just frozen. How do we... How do we do that when we know that uh, there's not going to be the capability or the opportunities necessarily in the next few months to gather people with more than 25 people in a room? I know that we're trying to find ways. There's a uh, theater in, in Massachusetts I was reading about yesterday that is already planning on doing performances in August. Of course, they are adapting. Um, all of the performances will be individual solo performances so that there's not a large group of people on stage aspirating, <laughs> creating aerosols all over an audience. They're also going to be eliminating every other row of the theater and selling groups but leaving seats doubled or triple seats between those groups to make sure that that everyone is protected everyone must wear must wear a mask the restrooms are only going to be open for absolute emergencies and i can't imagine trying to generate enough ticket sales based on current ticket prices in order for people to have that experience. But I also think about what happens when you start separating people in an audience. All of us who have ever done comedies, you know, directed comedies or been in comedies know that comedies are funny because lots of people sitting close together. When one laughs, they all laugh. We do that, right? Um, and now when we start separating people and pulling them out and stretching them all over the theater and leaving space, space between them, that modifies that experience. I'm also worried because I also know the impact, as we said earlier, the jobs that are being lost, the, the furloughs and the, and the um, layoffs that are happening in the arts. Uh, and, and I'm worried that people are going to jump on other areas. I, I know that we're going to be facing some, some we are facing a real downturn in employment, but uh, I, I just jumped on LinkedIn to see where the jobs are. They're at Instacart and Amazon and CVS and Walmart and FedEx, and there's over half a million jobs available right now in those particular sectors. Those are risky jobs, of course, because of the nature of contact. We see what's happening in a lot of um, manufacturing and uh, food processing plants, for example. But I'm also worried that people are going to jump into those jobs and not pursue where their passions are, where their arts are drawing them, or, or where their, their love and their training is drawing them. So I, as, I, as I sit here through all of this kind of morass of, of, of statistics and, and, and importance, I, I, think it's, I think we have to do a couple of things. Uh, recognize, first of all, the challenges that we're in. Um, when we talk about returning to normal, whatever that means, it's not going to be the same normal that we saw at the end of December of 2019. It's not, it just can't be, at least temporarily, and maybe even for the long run. I think the other thing we, I'm, I'm invited to do is to say, okay, so then what kind of normal do we want to see and how do we want to see it? Um, what kind of return to performance and engagement do we want to see? Uh, I do like listening to Beethoven's Fifth. I'd rather sit in the Warner and hear the Erie Philharmonic play it than I would listen to a recording of it. The recording sounds the same every time. I recognize, too, that playwrights write plays because they know that casts are going to be different from night to night, not just because they're 56-year-old and have trouble remembering lines, but also because every time you do a play, it's going to be a different experience, even with, within the same run of the play. And I know that there's, there's, there's things that we can look forward to in those areas and, and in those capacities. But, 
but I, I, I'm hoping that we find new ways of doing it and delivering it. I'm hoping that audiences continue to come back. I know that there's going to be a trepidation, a fear of walking into uh, into our theaters. And, and I know that our theaters, for example, most of our attendees are people who have the leisure time and the leisure funds to be able to afford to come. Uh, a lot of our attendees are over the age of 50. Uh, some of them are even over the age of 60, 70. And, and so these are also delicate and, and at risk uh, populations in terms of how diseases get spread back and forth. I'm hoping that they'll be courageous enough to join us and to be back in the theaters. And I hope that we're going to be attentive to their needs and make sure that we provide safe environments and safe practices so that they can be there. Um, but I know that it's going to be a challenge. So I, I guess uh, part of me is, is saying that we we should um, maybe maybe do uh, be lamenting or lament for for what's lost and what we don't have in our lives right now. But I think we can also be hopeful you know, sometimes it's important to have those gaps, those spaces, so that we knew that, know that there is a gap there when something is missing. I sometimes think about it in terms of loss, you know, losing friends or losing jobs or losing perspectives. I, I didn't know how much they meant to me when they were there, and then not having them there kind of reminds me of just how beautiful and how important those things are. So I think we will treasure those, those, those empty spaces, but then we'll find new ways of coming back. I think we also have to be very careful about how we come back. You know, I, I think that that as we regenerate new experiences, new plays, new performances, uh, as we go back into our theaters or go back into our concert halls or go back into our gallery spaces, that we have to be very aware of of how we have to help the patrons and also help ourselves um, to ease our way in. We're not gonna hit at the same speed that we stopped doing it um, four months ago, five months ago. We really have to be careful not to try to ramp up to that same space. Um, and I think that's okay too. A lot of our arts organizations who have seen great successes over the years um, do go through times of waxing and waning. There's going to be times of plenty and times of not. I think of Joseph and, you know, seven years of bumper crops were on their way. Uh, now we have seven years of famine, whatever that seven year means. It doesn't mean that we're going to be completely hungry. It just means that we have to watch our resources and protect for the future generation for what's to come next. I don't doubt for a second that we're all going to be building back up to something brand new and something exciting. There's always going to be new stories to tell. There's always going to be new artists with new perspectives. But I do sometimes wonder if we we, we shouldn't also just kind of sit in this place of deprivation for a little bit just so we learn to, pro, to, to appreciate all of those great things that we have. Um, I guess that's where I am for today's lecture. I, oh, maybe I did talk for 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Um, it wasn't necessarily my intention, but but there we are. So um, I thank you for listening. I thank you for, for being engaged. I thank you for all of you who are supporting the arts and continue to support the arts and will support the arts regardless of our, our, our situation. Hey, Zach, what do you got out there? Anything? Yeah. Any, anybody? Anybody, anybody throwing stones yet? No one throwing stones, but a, a few comments and questions here. Um, I will say kind of the, the theme has been, um, and it's something, Sean, I know you and I have talked about with Silent Sky, there has been obviously this this rush of theaters to try to produce something online, yeah. right? And so I guess it's kind of a, a twofold thing. Do you see that having a lasting impact in terms of how we deliver theater? Um, and And what are the sort of pros and cons of that? Well, you know, it, Silent Sky is a great example. It was it was supposed to be a staged reading, and uh, Brittany Lee was in you and the everybody at Drama Shop knew that that's what it was going to be. Um, it actually, 
I, I think the invitation is to say, okay, we love being in the same space. Look, I love live theater. I love the fact that the, nothing mediates me as an actor than the air that I'm sharing, literally sharing with the audience in front of me. Um, but I also recognize that sometimes we can't get to every event. I, one, of my, one of my greatest sadnesses is, is, is that when I'm in production, I don't get to see the other work that's being done across the city yeah, at, at PACA or at All in Act or, or at the Playhouse. It's very difficult for me to get out and do other things or even at Drama Shop. I've missed Drama Shop shows, you know, because I'm working on something at, at Gannon or so. so. So that is one of the challenges we face. But I, I but I think there is something really important about that individual back and forth. We're in the same space. I think there is something that connects us when there's nothing that separates us. It's that great line that uh, shows up in Silent Sky. We're, we're, we're afar, but we're not apart. And so that mediation, we're just adding another level of mediation by putting a camera and some, some wavelengths in between us. And now we're downloading and, and engaging. It's, this is the same thing we're experiencing right here, right now is I'm talking to people. I'm looking at my camera and please, for the love of God, everybody, let's learn where our cameras are on our computers. Can we do that? <laughs> um, so, so I'm talking through my, 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 my camera and looking at the lens, but I'm not looking at a lens. I'm imagining the people who I'm speaking with. I, I, I don't know who's out there. I don't know who's listening, but I know at least one other person is listening. And so I'm thinking about them. And I'm thinking about how to communicate with them. It's interesting from a religious perspective, because I do have this collar on and I'm also an Episcopal priest. One of the thing, worst things we're discovering is that people who can't always get to church because of, of, of limitations or challenges or obstacles on a Sunday morning, our, our, our service is at nine o'clock. And honest to God, it's that's early <laughs> to get out of church. And I don't have four children to try to get dressed and get, get to church on, at the same time. We're finding different levels of engagement. People are able to get in there and do it on their own time and in their own way. Um, the same thing with this, even though we're, we're here at 139 on Saturday of May 2nd, this will still be shared at, right. after this we're done. And so other people will still be able to engage. And so I think, I think we're being invited into understanding what that engagement means. Um, but it is true that it is different. It is, it is, is not that same experience. I don't know, for example, how people are responding. Even I, I don't even see the comments right now. In the theater, I know what I can hear them snoring when they sleep. I can hear them <laughs> laughing. I can hear them tisking. I get a lot of those sometimes too with some of my performances. Um, and so we're not necessarily hearing that that dialogue, that immediate feedback, and part of theater and part of live music and live performances is that immediate feedback, and that's yeah. it's really essential and really integral to the experience. I hope I, I didn't go too far away from the question. Not at all. And I do want to give a shout out to Nicole Lassie, who's helping me monitor the questions. Hey, Nicole. Thanks, Aww. Nicole. Well, she's the best. Thanks, and Nicole. actually, a question from Nicole. Um, uh -oh. Do you think that as a result of everything that's happening in the world, do you expect to see pieces of theater based on this time? Or how will this shared experience influence what artists are creating going forward? Uh, absolutely. And I can't wait to see how we process, how artists help us to process this experience. I mean, yeah. we, we will see a lot of data. We will see a lot of measurements. We will see a lot of uh, information. Um, we do already. I don't know about you, but I'm a news hound. I'm on New York Times yeah. website every single day. I'm, I, I'm tuned in at three o'clock to hear Kathy Dahl Kemper's count uh, and update every, every single day. I just feel like I'm overly connected that way. And that's really good from my left side of my brain's perspective because it just really loves that STEM ordered side. But the artistic side, the spiritual side, the religious side, the 
the poetic side on the right side also gives us insights into other ways of processing this experience, emotive processing, mythos on, on a mythological perspective. What does it mean to us as yeah. a species, as a people, as a culture, as a community? And so I, I, I can't wait to hear um, the COVID suites that are going to be written for the Philharmonic or, or the COVID plays that might actually be generated within our own community and we'll see on our own stages here. Um, and, and, and certainly on, on a world stage, I, uh, the, the films, the, the novels that will use this, this frame for understanding what it is to be human. I don't doubt for a second that, that we will find a way, just as we have done with every single challenge to every culture and every, every place, that we'll, we'll find a way to make that work. I was yeah. thinking about my own religious background with Dame Julian of Norwich. She, she, was, was a, she had the plague in 1390, 1380, 1390 was dying and had this revelation, which became the first book written in the English vernacular. And, and so now we have a way of understanding her reaction to the struggle and the challenge of, of, of her health, uh, health being challenged, life being challenged by the plague. I, we're going to find the same thing. I, in yeah. fact, I, I hope we do. And I, and I hope it reminds us of the human side of the numbers. The numbers are important. The washing of hands the contact numbers, the, the tracing, all of that's important, but so is the what's happening to our hearts, what's happening to our souls as a result of this. Yeah, and I think we talked about that a little bit when we did our first kind of uh, post-quarantine podcast that, um, you know, typically you see two different things, two different ways that um, artists respond to situations like this. It's either that you address it head on and, and write to kind of process or, or, you know, develop your art to process what's happening, or you use it as an escape, right? And I think that that's, that tends to be what happens in culture too, that people either want oh, yeah. to confront or escape from. I'm sure a lot of people are watching Marvel movies right now because it's great escapism, right? Right, right. I, I mean, I think we've been doing that for a while. Yeah, <laughs> you know? that's I mean, true. I, it's, 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 it's interesting though, it, it kind of takes on another frame. Uh, in one of my classes, we just read a book up called The New Mutants, which talks about the, the way that Marvel and other comic book stories, DC Comics, and those characters kind of reflect what's happening in society. And, and, I, and yeah, I imagine that there will be a superhero that comes from this. Yeah. Fauci man. <laughs> <laughs> He is a superhero. Fauci he is, is a, super a superhero. He just needs the cape. He just needs the cape. Yeah. Yeah. Not all heroes wear capes, right? right. Um, couple of questions that I'll, I'll kind of uh, reword or, or kind of blend together here. One is, um, do you think, for some folks, it's been challenging to embrace the virtual delivery of shows, the remote delivery of shows. Um, do you think that that's a situation where theaters need to jump on that train or risk being left behind? Or do you think that that's just kind of the band-aid to get us through this moment and we'll kind of return to normalcy? Well, I, you know, I, it's, it's such a different experience. When Almy and I watched um, the uh, Silent Sky performance last weekend, um, I, I became very aware of things like the house lights didn't um, Right. My yeah. house lights remained on, you know, right. um, my kitchen was right over there. The, the snacks were not very far away. And we were also working on projects that had to be done by next morning. So it, we we were um, we were still ripping film off of face shields and, and we were doing that while the performance was going on. It's interesting because when you go out, walk into a theater or a concert hall, the house lights go down, the audience gets silent. You're sitting in these comfortable chairs facing forward and the frame of what you see, just like in the movie theaters as well. I mean, yeah. you are, you are related to see and look at only that. Um, these digital environments 
it's difficult because there's so many distra- distractions. I don't know about you, but I've been in so many Zoom meetings over the past seven weeks yeah. that my head is spinning. Right. And part of the challenge of that is I have to pay even 10 times more attention because the environment in which I'm watching, the frame that I'm in watching, I mean, even when I go to a theater, I, I say, I'm not going to think about what's happening at home. I'm not going to think about what's happening tomorrow. But I have to think about what's happening at home and tomorrow because I'm in the space where I've been for seven weeks. And my my home space, is my office space, is my workspace, is my creative space. And so I, I think that um, we have to give ourselves some slack, you know, yeah. in terms of how we engage these performances. But I do think that it's I, th- I think that we also have to discipline ourselves. I mean, we have to pay attention. Um, I was. Um, one of the statistics I was asking you right after Silent Sky was how many people started the performance on that opening night and carried through all the way to the end. Uh, Not that they didn't get up and move around. I mean, I didn't use the restroom until intermission, which I was, I patted myself on the back for that. Right. But I think that we also, we have to train ourselves about attention and what does it mean to pay attention and to give attention uh, during these times. So, so I think that it, it does invite us into a different way of engaging story and storytelling. It's not going to replace the live storyteller. We're still going to gather around a fire just as we've done for 20,000 years and tell each other stories about our families and our experiences. But, but we, we, we still, but we do have to get to that place. I, I think where we understand that there are different ways of mediating it. I mean, when film came around, well, actually when the novel, when the printing press came around, everybody thought nobody's going to do a go theater anymore. We did. And then when film came around, everybody said, oh, we're never going to go into theaters to watch live theater. We're going to watch movies instead. Well, we, we still go to live theaters. We, we prefer movies, uh, but we still, we still have a, a theater going, uh, a loyal theater going um, supporting group and, 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 and audience. So it, it just, I think, invites us into another, another way of engaging. I, I don't think it replaces, but it does ask us to, to maybe think about how we, might, how we might use the technology more effectively. Yeah, and you're right. I think that suspension of disbelief is is a little trickier when right. you're when you're sharing you're staring at a monitor as opposed to being immersed in a theater surrounded by that, that oh, right. fellow audience. I right? mean, even I mean, I tried to frame behind me and everything, but I'm staring at a, at a bunch of fruit bowls and my music, and I'm looking at my 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 meats um, defrosting for my my <laughs> Sunday sauce for, over there on the counter, and these are all they're all demanding my attention. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, we use theater as an escape. It's an experience. Right. It's a night yeah. out of the house in that in that space, and and not having that is is a real challenge. Um, yeah. Zach Hoffman has a question for us. He'd like to know. Um, let's try to be a little positive here. What positive outcomes do you see from all of this? Well, you know what I, I again I look at an empty space not as 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 being empty but as being filled with possibilities. You know, I, one of my favorite moments in the theater process is after strike, can you look at the theater space and say, okay, it's ready for the next show. I don't really get sad necessarily yeah. at the closing of shows because I, I guess maybe when you've done hundreds of them over decades, it, it's a different experience. But I do see this, that this empty space is just wrought with possibility. And so I think that that's what I'm looking forward to is what are we going to do when we will, and we will get back into our theaters, get back into our, our, our houses and seats in the audience and, and what will be what will be performed for us. I'm really looking forward to that. I do, like I said, we do have to be cautious not to dive right back in to things because that's when, when we 
we squander resources or squander opportunities. But I always think that this is an opportunity, first of all, for us to say, wow, it does matter. It really matters in my life that I don't have this right now. And boy, I can't wait to get it back. You know, yeah. I think that that's, I think that's, we, we can't just sit in the now of loss, but we always see that loss in terms of, okay, things are going to get better and they are going to get better. They're not going to be exactly as better as they were, but they're going to be better than this. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, but I, I agree with you that, you know, that I, I mean, I'm a positivist. I always see the glasses one sixteenth full anyway. So it's not for me, for me, this is, this is lamenting, but not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not mad culping myself, you know, and flagellating yeah. myself at this moment. And um, I, but I do think, yeah, looking forward, I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. I love the social media posts that have been going around saying, remember that during this difficult time, it was the artists that helped you get through it, whether it's Netflix or, you know, the book you're reading or whatever it is that right. art is, is right at the fore of helping us to get right. through this. If only because we're stuck at home, I was going to say, because we have the time, but I don't know about you. I don't feel like I have more time. Uh, people keep talking about having no. time to do things that has not been my experience so far. No, I, I, I mean, I'm, I, right now, I mean, we, I mean, I saw a post the other day that said work is a luxury and I'm very, very thankful to be in a position and in a, in, in a place where I can continue to do the work that I have to do. Yeah. Um, but it is, it is harder than ever. I mean, it's so much easier to talk to a class of 30 people than it is to respond individually to 30 different posts. Sure every week it is it, and, and respond in a way that continues to teach you know it demands a certain level of engagement i think the same thing when i was watching silent sky it's 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 one thing to sit on stage and to read a play but when you're when now I have to read and I have to look through the camera and I have to minimize my movement because I know that now I'm, I'm in a different situation, a different environment, it's, it's more intense. And the same thing is true about my yeah. day-to-day life. Yeah. It's just, it is, it demands so much focus. And that's, I, I, you I know, keep, I have my, yeah, I many keep more telling headaches. people, especially, you know, having, I, I now have a daily phone conversation with my mom. So there's something new that has come out of this as opposed to every couple that's of great. days. It's, it's at least once a day now. Hi, Donna. Yeah, I don't know if she's watching or not, but uh, we'll. Oh, we'll make she's sure watching. She she's watching. <laughs> but you know what? She'll ask me. You know, are you working? Are you are you working right now, or should I call later? And it's always like, a, well, it all just kind of blends together now, right? Like, it's not like I'm yeah. stationed at my computer from eight to four thirty, and then the work stops. It all just kind of bleeds into this. You know, everything just keeps going, kind of place. But um, to yes. jump back to to your earlier comment. I, um, I stopped by drama shop the other day we're, we were finally able to ship out our merch orders that have been coming in. Thank you everyone for your merch orders. That's really helping to, to keep drama shop flowing during this difficult time. But so I stopped by and literally packed up all of our merchandise to bring to my house to, to fulfill orders from here. But, you know, I, I took a few minutes while I was there to kind of, you know, check on the space, not that anyone's been in there, but, um, and I thought that I might be sad you know, that I might feel a sadness seeing our bare stage and no set under construction. I mean, it's been months since we've been in that kind of a position. And I have to say, to, to your point, I didn't feel that sadness. Instead, I felt that optimism about, okay, here's our bare stage ready for whatever's next. And admittedly, right. we don't know what that is, but it'll be something. And, and we don't know when that is, but it'll happen. And it'll be, and it'll be glorious and it'll be wonderful. And it's going to anger people people and it's going to thrill people and it's going to move people because that's what we do yeah, and it's going to confuse people <laughs> yeah oh i hope so yeah. yeah yeah no i agree um i'm checking here i think that's i think we covered just about every question that's come through 
um, mostly it's been comments, people kind of feeling the same thing about, um, you know, this, this is for now, this is the way we have to do it. And so we're going to do it because we want to keep theater moving forward. But, and certainly there will be things that change as there always are with theater, but we are all looking forward to a day where we can gather together again in our theater and keep doing the work we do. And we absolutely will. And, and, and in the meantime, if you are watching and, and, and are able to support, always support your local art, arts organization, support Drama Shop, support the Playhouse, support the Phil, support PACA, support All in Act, support the Erie Art Museum, support support every group, the Erie, Erie Children, the Children's Museum, Dapmark Dance Theater, all of those wonderful entities in our community who continue to promise and, and, and to provide promises for future performances. It's going to take a lot of support to make sure that we keep the lights on, that we keep keep the dance moving, to keep the sounds, the music flowing. I mean, just just continue to do good work through the work that is being done by our local artists. We, yeah. it, it's, it's absolutely imperative more now, that, most, more so now than ever. And don't forget that while our doors are shut down, the bills continue to come in, the expenses of keeping these organizations going forward continue to, to happen. And, and we need to be able to start off when we're able to start off. Um, and we can't do that with, with nothing in the bank and, and no resources at our disposal. So yeah, That's please right. keep, keep supporting all of your local nonprofit organizations and, and yes. we'll all get through this um, together. Uh, unless we want to see 19th century royalty-free melodramas done without costumes for the next 10 years. <laughs> Please don't make us. <laughs> and, and now coming from Dion Buchico. Oh boy. Wow. Yet another melodrama. <laughs> you dug deep for that one. <laughs> no, I didn't know that was the poor of New York. We directed that a couple of years ago again. And <clears throat> it's interesting. He wrote the same play oh, yeah, like yeah. 15 times. He wrote the poor of New York, the poor of London, the poor of Paris. It was essentially the same play. All he did was change the street names and the names of the characters. <laughs> yeah. It's like CSI. <laughs> like CSI. <laughs> um, one final question and then I'll let you go. Um, Nicole would like to know, and I'm calling her out on this one. She would like to know if you have baked any bread during this quarantine. Okay, I, I have to say I, I'm trying not to bake bread. I've been really good until this week. And then I I, I made the COVID-19 a COVID-25 somehow. And I am I am not happy with myself. Um so I have not baked bread, but I have made homemade pizzas and I'm and I and I, I'm making a lot of sauces as well. So um I'm I'm just gonna try to monitor things and like Elmi and I are we're gonna go for a walk around the neighborhood with our masks. Yep. Um we'll we'll pull them up as we approach one another, but um but yeah, I, I, I have to say, I, I haven't done the bread baking thing, but I, I think there's something really, again, soulful connected to that. Um, it, and isn't it amazing how, I don't want to say easy it is, but if you have a good recipe and you have some good yeast, it's not hard to do that. Yeah. And what a great thing it is to, to, to make something out of nothing that provides for your family and for your friends. Gosh, boy, there's a metaphor there, isn't there? I yeah, mean, isn't that what yeah. we do in, in the theater? We 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 become the yeast for one another. We become the 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 flour, the sugar, everything that we need to provide for each other. Yeah. So I, I love, haven't made bread yet. I love our friend Elena Manchester said, "Did you know you can just like take ingredients and like make food out of it?" <laughs> but but in Elena's situation, I think it's a dangerous invitation. You know what I mean? I, I, I'm sure she's making some great things, but I, I don't want to try her experiments. <laughs> well, that's yes. We'll let Max be the taste tester. And once we're all through this, then great. Potluck at Elena's. <laughs> 
Hot luck at Elena's. Yeah. That's right. All right. Well, Sean, maybe the next installment should just be a cooking show. We'll just set up in your kitchen. I, and yeah. There have been some great recipes that have been on stage. I think that would be really kind of fun. Yeah, I love that. That would be really kind of fun. All right. Okay, you heard it here first. Drama Shop starting the you cooking show. You heard it here show. yet. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Theater and cooking. Why not? Why not? Why not? That'll do it for this Director Emeritus Lecture. Sean, again, thank you so much. Stay healthy, stay well. Thank you. you. All right, take care, folks.